Welcome to the Holistic Wellness and Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kimberly Ann Marsden, holistic psychologist, astrologer, and Reiki master. On today's show, I'm going to be sharing with you 16 different natural ways to reduce stress and anxiety. They're all simple, effective, and can make an impact in your life today. So join me. Here we go. Hello, hello. I'm so excited today to share with you natural ways to help ameliorate stress and anxiety. So many of us live lives that have way too much stress and anxiety in them. And what I want to talk about today are some really easy ways that you can start today, right now, after you listen to this podcast, changing your life for the better in the sense that taking simple steps that will enable you to bring your body back into harmony and into balance. And nothing about what I'm going to say is very complicated, but they're great reminders of things that you can do to take care of yourself and help yourself to reduce the physical, emotional, and mental stress on your body and your energetic field. So let's just start. The very first one I want to start with is grounding. Grounding or also called earthing. Basically, if you, and I'm not an electrician, but if, you know, electricians always talk about, oh, it's really important to ground the wires, you know, ground the electricity. Well, guess what? We are electricity. We are energy. We have electromagnetic fields and we need to be grounded. And years ago, we were grounded. You know why? Because we lived on the earth. We actually lived on the ground, on the earth. We walked on it in bare feet. We laid down on it at night, even if it was on some type of animal skin or something natural. That's how we evolved. We evolved from that. And we've gotten so very disconnected from the actual earth, the physical earth. And that's creating a problem for our physical bodies, because that's one of the ways that we discharged free radicals, the positive ions that we don't need that do so much harm to our body because the earth has its own charge and there's lots of negative ions. And so what grounding is or earthing. So there's a couple ways to do it. So earthing is the very simple practice of walking in your bare feet on the earth. It does not get any simpler than that. So obviously you want to choose to walk on something that is not hot and that is not man-made like tar, asphalt, those types of things. You want to actually walk on dirt, grass, sand, natural man, not natural materials so that you can counterbalance the impact of all of the oxidative stress that's in our body. And that happens naturally. It's not like you have to think or do anything while you're doing it. You just actually need to make contact with the earth. So go for a walk on the beach, go for a walk in the grass, barefoot is the best way to make contact directly with the earth, sleep on the ground, you know, spend time camping out in nature, 
Now, if you're saying, okay, it's too cold or all these reasons why those are challenging, there are artificial ways to get some of the same health benefits. And that's where grounding comes in. There are things you can buy like grounding mattress pads, grounding sheets, all types of things. And I want you to understand the research is very clear. Those work as well. And I'm going to put links in so you can read the research if you're so inclined in the extended show notes. But basically, this is going to blow your mind. There are scientific studies that show that grounding, either via the mattress pads, and a lot of the studies, they do it to keep it, obviously, when you're doing a study, you want to keep things as consistent as possible. So they, in a lot of the studies, are using mattress pads or some type of pad on an armchair, those kinds of things. And in all of the studies that were done, the outcomes are things like changes in pulse rate, respiratory rate, blood oxygen level, decreasing hypertension, enhancing sleep, pain relief, regular and irregular. And that was what was found in, you know, just doing this for an it ranged, but anywhere hour, two hours, you know, one session in a, in a, in a study. Now people that had, were in a study that did regular earthing practices for different amounts of times, meaning this becomes part of your daily life. Um, they showed unbelievable improvements. I mean, they are believable, but I really want you to pay attention because these are some things that either, you know, someone that suffers from, or that you yourself may suffer from. And from a regular earthing practice, walking on the earth or using these type of grounding devices, there have been significant results showing improvement in autoimmune diseases, conditions like rheumatoid arthritis, multiple sclerosis, lupus, asthma, and yes, ladies, even PMS. So think about that. It's free. It's easy. And all you need to do is have a regular practice of walking on the earth. And it makes a tremendous difference in your overall health. And I want you to understand one of the things that's happened is there's so much urbanization. And there are, as with everything, there's pros and cons. Yes, it's great to live in an area where you can have so many fun things to do and access to lots of different types of medical care and entertainment, et cetera. But with the urbanization comes the cost. It comes, you just have to realize, okay, I just need to mindfully choose to get myself into nature. And then you can reap the benefits of being connected to the earth, even if you're not necessarily living in a rural area, it is still possible. So number one on my list of natural ways is grounding or earthing. Now, number two, this one I really love too, it's called forest bathing. This is an ancient Japanese medicinal treatment. It's used to reduce stress and anxiety. And no, you're not going to actually go into the woods and take a bath, although that would work well. You find a lake, jump in it as long as it's clean and not full of uh, bacteria or other things that would but that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about taking a bath in nature. We're talking about forest bathing is when you go into the forest and you simply breathe the air. It doesn't get any easier than that. You go for a hike, you go camping, and all you have to do is breathe. 
very, very simple, yet very profound health benefits for your physical health and your emotional and mental health. And this has been, like I said, an ancient practice in Japan. This is not something new. This is something that's been known about for thousands of years. And now you know about it, so maybe you'll take advantage of it. So if you think about it, if you've ever gone hiking in the woods, you probably felt better when you came back. Spending time outdoors in general is a great, in nature, has a lot of health benefits. It's, it's shown to enhance mood for a lot of different reasons. But here with the forest bathing, I want to be really clear. There's been studies done that show a three-day nature trip that involved hiking in the woods actually was shown to increase the natural killer cells, which are important for our immune system. And so they, they found that the forest bathing increased your natural, I'm sorry, natural killer cell production and the anti-cancer proteins just by being there for a three-day excursion. And in another study, they found that those benefits last, the three-day excursion, the benefits were still found in the levels 30 days later. So think about that. We can have profound effects on our immune system just by taking a, a camping trip for three days and doing some hiking in the forest once a month. We know that if we did it once a month, that our immune system would be greatly impacted. We'd have more natural killer cells and we'd have an increase in the anti-cancer proteins just from doing that one thing alone. And, you know, as well as all the benefits that come from the social time and all the other pieces of that fun trip that you're going to go take into the, into the forest on your camping trip. So that is, you know, the physical impact that it has. Now, other studies have shown it to be effective for stress because what they did is they measured the cortisol levels and shown that after doing forest bathing, that the cortisol levels were lowered, they were impacted, and that's a biomarker of stress. So we know that you can lower your stress level by spending time in the forest. It's also been shown to impact depression and anxiety. And it lowered heart rate and systolic blood pressure, which is showing that it's getting that parasympathetic nervous system to function. It's saying sympathetic nervous system, that's your fight, flight, or freeze. When we're stressed and anxious, that gets, that gets jacked up. And what we want to do is we want to lower, we want that sympathetic nervous system to take a back seat and let the parasympathetic system be in charge because that's our relax and recover place. And so what they found with the forest bathing is that indeed, when people spent time in the forest, breathing the air, once again, just breathing the air, that even in as little amount of time, listen carefully, as short as 15 minutes made an impact on the nervous system. Okay. 15 minutes. That's not a lot of time. It's also been shown to decrease self-reports of anger, depression, fatigue, confusion. And 
I'm a big proponent of walking, but I do want to point out that studies do show that where you walk matters. Now we're seeing all these benefits of walking in the forest and they've done some comparisons of when you walk in an urban area versus when you walk in an area that has nature. It's really important to understand that when they've compared people walking in urban areas and the benefits of that and brief walks in nature, there's a big disparity that the brief walks in nature do significantly reduce anxiety and enhance psychological health and can be really helpful, but it's not as effective for people walking in urban areas. In urban areas, actually, depending on how stimulating it is, it can actually stimulate the nervous system instead of giving you that relaxed response that you're looking for. So just be aware of that. And if you're in an urban area, it doesn't mean don't go for a walk. Of course, go for a walk, but just be mindful about where you choose to go. Try and find a local park, try and find somewhere quieter, somewhere that's not as visually stimulating as stimulating noise-wise. Just realize that anything that's impacting your senses, all that stimulation is coming in is, is affecting your nervous system. So you just want to be aware of that. So just to summarize, so forest bathing, as we see, can impact your immune system. It can impact your mood. Um, It can reduce your stress response, your reports of anxiety, depression, fatigue, and increase your parasympathetic functioning, increase mood, decrease fatigue, confusion, So it's really something that you want to try and incorporate into preferably your daily life. But at the very least, like we're saying, just start thinking, you know what, I'm going to make a monthly camping trip or maybe at least a quarterly camping trip. Go out a couple times a year into the forest and, and go on a camping trip with friends, family, take as many people as you can. It's good for everyone. (laughs) So yes, forest bathing. Get out there, do it, enjoy it. It will help your health. Okay, so that's the second one. And then the third one, briefly, salt bathing. Now, if you are very blessed and you live near the ocean, simple, there is the greatest salt bath in the world. Once again, getting back to being connected to the earth. Okay, Mother Ocean, jump on in, enjoy all of the healing properties of the ocean. Okay. A hack, if you don't have the ocean nearby, or if you do, and it's freezing and you'd get hypothermia from going in, don't do that. We don't want that. What you can do in that case is you can, if you have a bathtub, all you need is a bathtub and some salt. Now, as far as salts, there's a couple different ways you can do it. Epsom salts are great because those have magnesium in them. And those are really great for soothing for soothing sore muscles and those types of things. What you want to keep in mind with the Epsom salts is it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a detox for your system. So it's drawing things out of your body. And so it's drawing things out physically and energetically. So you want to be aware of that. That's one that's going to be detoxing. There are other kinds of salt that you can use that are going to put energy back into your system are kosher salt. And the cream of the crop is Himalayan salt. And Himalayan salt is a lot more expensive than kosher salt. And so if you're doing a bath at home, what you want to do 
if you're using kosher salt, you want to really use about, depending on if you're putting anything else, you really do want to use at least a pound and a half, two pounds of salt, you know, in a large size tub to make sure that you have a very heavy salt concentration. If you're using Himalayan salt, you don't need as much. Um, you'd be probably fine with at the most a pound, maybe even a little less. So as far as salt bathing, one, you can do it in the ocean, two, you can do it at home. If you do it at home, do Epsom salts occasionally, not as often as kosher and or Himalayan salt. And you can mix the different types of salt as well. And the other thing I wanted to say about that is salt bath once a month is more than sufficient to add to your health regimen. And that's a really simple one. And you just, and you can make it a ceremonial thing. You can make, you can say to yourself, you know what, on the first of the month or whatever day of the month, first weekend of the month, I'm going to take a salt bath or I'm going to take a dip in the ocean in the summer if you're near the ocean. And as far as at home, you can make it a lovely experience for yourself. We go back here to self-care again, and you can light candles. You can put on music if you'd like. You can read a book. You can do whatever you can that's going to revitalize your system. You want to do things that are supporting your system and enabling you to relax and feel soothed and nurtured. All right, next, lighting. Early morning light, natural light. It's so important for your circadian rhythm and your cortisol levels to get out in the natural light in the morning and to be mindful at night not to have artificial lights on because it impacts your sleep and it throws your circadian rhythm off. And you really want your cortisol to be balanced because that's obviously going to affect your hormones and how you feel. And all these things impact your nervous system. And when your nervous system is irritated, it, when it's in a place of agitation or irritation, you often we often perceive that as anxious. We feel a little irritable and we can start labeling that anxious as well. So it's a really simple hack. You get up in the morning, you go outside for a few minutes. If you have a cup of tea, or whatever your morning drink is, something healthy. Um, if you do coffee, organic coffee, whatever you do, bulletproof coffee with some butter or ghee in it, <laughs> whatever you do in the morning, make sure that you include a few minutes outside in natural light exposure. And if you're walking outside, great. But just make sure that you get that exposure. So your body, it's basically a way of saying to your body, Hey, wake up. Here we are. It's morning time. Once again, we used to live outside in nature. So when we got up in the morning, we, we were outside, you know, it wasn't like you had to actually go anywhere. You were living outside. Even if you had a hut, it was very simple. Anything that you were going to do, you were going to be outside very quickly after you woke up because that's where you went to get your food, to do whatever you were going to do to survive. So it's really important that we try and think from sort of a primal place of how we were designed and how we evolved, because all those things are still important to our, to our functioning, to be in the light, to be in the fresh air, to be in the water, to be on the ground, to be by the trees, all those things. 
So not surprisingly, the next one, number five, is breathing. Everyone's going to go, okay, yeah, that's really simple. Yeah, well, it sounds like it is, but you'd be shocked how many times people are holding their breath. And I myself am guilty of that one. (laughs) It's important to just check in when you're doing things and see, are you really taking deep breaths? Are Are you breathing regularly? Is there a flow to your breath? Or when you do things, do you sort of stop when you're concentrating and just kind of hold it and not breathe deeply? You really need the oxygenation. So you want to check in during the day and say, am I really making sure that I'm breathing or am I just doing very shallow chest breathing? Am I just breathing from my, you know, shallowly from my chest? So you want to just stop right now and just check in and say, how am I breathing? Now, for me, the minute I say that, I immediately check and and make sure that I'm involving my belly in diaphragmatic breathing and make sure that I'm breathing deeply. Whether it be in my nose and out my nose or in my mouth and out my mouth. Because it's very easy to become disconnected or in some ways immersed in whatever you're doing and then because of the posture or because of the lack of focus on it, not realize that you're not really fully oxygenating yourself. So you just want to check in periodically and make sure that you really are getting a deep breath in, a nice, and sometimes just doing, you know, a a ha breath where you take in a deep breath and you exhale and you let out a big exhale and you put your tongue out and literally it's called a hot breath because you go (sighs) just like that. Let that tongue out, let the force that air out. It's very different. So sometimes you want to take that breath in and you really want to force that air out just to sort of move the chi, move the air and really breathe in and breathe out and get that life force flowing. And so sometimes just take a couple of deep breaths and a couple quick exhales and then just to get the flow of air moving in yourself and making sure that you're oxygenated. And those things really do matter. Try it. And that's actually one of the things I forgot to say. I really wanted to say in the beginning with all the things that I'm saying today, just experiment. Part of living a vibrant life, living to your fullest means that you're going to experiment for yourself. What's working for you? What's working for you today in this moment? What's working for you later today? What's working for you tomorrow? What's working for you next week, next year, next decade? Being human means we need to continue to experiment, continue to try different things because we're constantly changing and our needs are constantly changing. So we need to be aware of that and go and try different things and make sure that even if it worked for us for the last year, maybe it's not the best choice for us. Maybe there's something new now. So keep that open-mindedness in life in general, and that will serve you tremendously because the more open-minded you are, the more likely you're going to be to experiment and find what works for you. What works for your spouse, for your friend, for your sibling, for your parents, for your child, 
may not be the best thing for you. So that's why it's important for, for us to each do our own work and try different things and see what's healthy and resonates with our being. Okay. So that being said, another thing, just as far as movement, because with breathing, a lot of times I like to physically move is just, and I'll just call it shaking it out. Have you ever seen a dog after it's wet? What does it do? It shakes itself all out to get out, to get off all the water. Well, same kind of idea for us. To get all of the stuck energy off ourselves and just to move our physical bodies, it's a great idea to just stand up every once in a while and just, or start your day this way. And throughout the day, just shake, literally shake your arms and your legs out as if to say to your body, I'm waking you up. I'm moving everything around. I want to clear my system. It stretches your muscles. It moves your lymph. It moves your blood. It moves your energy. And it helps to get your body back in rhythm. And if you think about it, things happen during the day, little shocks, little traumas. And Everybody, I'm sure at this point, you've probably heard a million times, you know, when a tiger shocks a gazelle or its prey, a lot of times they freeze. And that's, by the way, sometimes how they end up back at the tiger's lair, but they're not eaten because the tiger might not be hungry and it's bringing it back for later. Well, guess what happens? Eventually, even though it looks like it's dead, it's actually frozen. And when it's safe, it'll jump up and it shakes it out. Or if it has run away, the other thing it'll do once it runs away is it'll, it will shake out all that trauma of the scare of being almost eaten. And so it shakes its body out profusely to sort of do a reset. And we need to do the same thing during the day. Because sometimes we see something that may be shocking. We get a phone call. We get, and it doesn't, these don't have to be life altering shocks. You need to understand Our bodies are very incredibly made and we are very sensitive to our environments. That's how we survive. So if you take the time during the day to just sort of shake off anything that's impacting you, you're kind of giving yourself a reset. So number six, we're just going to say, do yourself a little, little shake, or you can dance. Dancing is great too, because it, it, if you don't want to, just sort of simply shake out. You can put on music because there's other benefits from music as well and sound and you can dance it out. So you can shake it out and you can dance it out. And the dancing does the same thing. It just gets all that movement, gets everything flowing again. That is the sixth one. And then the seventh one I want to mention is just activating our vagus nerve. And we could have a whole show on the vagus nerve. Maybe we will at some point in time. But what I'm going to say is just really simple things. The vagus nerve is really simple because it helps really simple to activate. And it's really important because it helps build resilience in our nervous system. And there's some super simple things that we can do every day to help activate our vagus nerve and keep the tone. Things like gargling, you know, you brush your teeth and you could just simply gargle water or salt water or whatever you want to gargle to rinse your mouth. You just gargle to activate the vagus nerve. Simple, very easy. Singing. Singing also stimulates the vagus nerve. So 
that's another way to do it. Other things like cold, hot showers, cold, you know, where you do cold exposure and hot, those things can also help with that. So just want to be aware of some really simple things that can help with your vagus nerve activation. Okay. That is seven so far. Number eight, exercise. Okay. Sounds really simple. Well, there's so many things about exercise and I'm sure we'll talk more in depth at some point. But what I'm talking about as far as simple, natural ways for relieving stress and anxiety as far as exercise is exercise physiologically helps enhance mood. 100% does. So many studies have been done on the impacts of exercise on mood. And there's a wide range of exercise exercises that you can do, but you need to find what works for you, bottom line. Anything from walking on works. It's movement. Again, it's movement. And it is important. I do want to mention this when we mention exercise. Don't get stuck in, I have to do it a certain way. I have to walk 30 minutes or 60 minutes or go for a, a two-mile run or a four-mile run. Because a lot of times when you set these arbitrary limits on it, if you're not going to get in that amount, you won't do it at all. And don't you don't want to get into that trap because really doing something is definitely doing better than doing nothing. So exercise will help with your mood. It absolutely will because of the impact on the neurotransmitters. And you get a neurochemical release from doing it. And you don't have to do it to excess to get that. The other thing I want to mention with exercise is it's really important for us as human beings to exercise vigorously for short amounts of time. Lifting heavy things, it's how we're wired. We need to have challenges to our system. Obviously, these things need to be done with the proper posture and in in the right ways that are safe for us. But you want to keep that in the back of your mind. It's important for our physical bodies because the physical stress of exercise is a way to reduce stress. It's a coping strategy. It should not become an addiction, but it is a healthy way to relieve stress and anxiety. Once again, it's free and accessible to all. So there's no reason that we can't be exercising. You can do exercises at home in whatever way you know works for you. Even if you want to follow a program on the TV, or if you just want to do body weight stuff, sit-ups, push-ups, walking in place, squats, you know, um, hinges, pulling things, pushing things, squatting, hinging, basic movements that the human body needs to be healthy. Okay. So that's our first eight. We have several more, um, that I'm going to mention. And next is supplements. And with supplements, it's really important when you're taking supplements that you work with a healthcare professional that knows your particular situation. And I just want to mention, because I realized over the years, a lot of people don't realize this. Um, People that go to traditional medical school that get an MD 
most medical programs have little, if any, education in herbal medicines, botanical medicines, and homeopathic remedies, those types of approaches. So it is possible for an MD to know those things. They would have had to gone on for additional schooling on their own. There are practitioners that in their training, it's automatically part of what they learn. That would be somebody with a, a ND, a doctor of naturopathy, or a doctor of oriental medicine. That's an Eastern-based practitioner who learns acupuncture and all kinds of herbal medicine treatments. A homeopathist would know about homeopathy. And those would be a chiropractor. Chiropractors are often trained in herbal medicine. You would need to check though, because it also depends on their background there as far as the depth in the knowledge base with chiropractors. But in general, supplements that have been scientifically shown to reduce stress and anxiety, CBD, CBD is right up there, magnesium, adaptogenic herbs, and that's just a whole wide category. And there's all kinds of blends, but some common adaptogenic herbs are things like rhodiola, ashwagandha. Um, there are, those can be taken um, in tincture form and pill form in lots of different ways, ginseng. And then other things like St. John's wort's been shown to be effective. And another lovely chamomile, you can take chamomile tea. Some of these things come in teas as well, I should mention for people that like to drink things rather than swallow pills. So all of those are really high up on their efficacy for reducing stress and anxiety. And there are are many, many, many more, but those would be the ones I would suggest you take your first look at. And very simple to come by these days can be found in any health food store, definitely on Amazon (laughs) and many other places. Okay. So supplements, great place to work from as well. Next, here we are. Number 10, essential oils. Essential oils can be used in many, many different ways. Essential oils can be used in a diffuser. They can be used just put directly on your skin. There is some um, ways they can be taken in pill form up. That's a little more complicated, so we're not going to go into that. But I will put resources for the essential oils because there that is just a whole other topic we will definitely go into in depth at some other point. But um, I, a couple people that I recommend as far as essential oils, Jody Cohen has a parasympathetic blend, Vibrant Blue Oils. She has fantastic products. As far as information and learning for yourself, Dr. Eric Zelensky and his wife, uh, she goes by Mama Z, Mama Zelensky. They have wonderful books and resources out as well for all kinds of things. Basically anything you could possibly do with essential oils, they cover it. But the top ones for use, if you just wanted to try some for yourself, As far as for mental health use, you know, as far as mood enhancement, dealing with anxiety and stress reduction, the ones that have been shown that they've done studies on that have been shown to be effective are peppermint, orange, rose, lemon, lavender, chamomile, 
frankincense, geranium, and lots more, but those are some of the most common ones. So I really recommend essential oils because they are not very expensive and they really can be used for so many different things. And now that I'm thinking about all the different things, I think I'm going to put that on my list of things for another show. But those are some ones that you can go out and you can get at on Amazon local health food store and you can start using them. You just put a drop, you can put them into sprayers, you can put them into a spray bottle, mix it with, um, you can mix it with water. They, you can also mix it if you want it for rub on, you can mix it with, uh, the fractured coconut oil and you can put it right then on your skin and you can put it obviously in a diffuser. And these are great things because you can buy on Amazon You can buy these little personal sprayers or little personal, I can't think of the word, but the little personal ones that you can use to rub on, they have like a little ball on the end and you can just keep them on your person. You can keep them in your pocket, in your purse, in your backpack, in your car. And so then if you're out and you're starting to feel anxious, you can literally just put it right on your wrist or by your ear or just, you know, spray it on your clothing so that you can get that calming effect because you're stimulating your nervous system by the sense of smell. So that's another one, essential oils. And one of my next one is a really simple one I'm going to mention. It's called Rescue Remedy. And I have been using Rescue Remedy for a very, very, very long time (laughs) since my oldest son was born and a doctor told me about it. Rescue Remedy is flower essences it can be found on Amazon. It, the best way can, I can explain it, I'll tell you a quick story about Rescue Remedy. I was giving it to my son, a naturopathic physician recommended it. And so I was giving it to him by spraying it into his mouth when, you know, he'd fall down and get hurt and he would get overwhelmed when, you know, when he was very, very young toddler. And I thought, wow, this stuff, I mean, I'd give it to him and he'd calm down very quickly. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. And I never thought to use it on myself. Isn't that just hilarious? So I never thought to try it myself till the day when my son was in kindergarten and I slammed my finger in the door and broke it. And I had to get to the bus stop and I was in a panic and I thought, oh, that rescue remedy, I'm going to spray that in my mouth. And I sprayed it in my mouth. And I can tell you that the biochemical response was, I realized after doing it was you have this panic response and your whole entire body goes, ah, you know, when you get shocked and that's what happened when I slammed my finger in the door. And then when I took the spray, I realized I had nothing, everything, all that panic disappeared. And all I had was pain in my finger, which is what was the actual problem. And it took away all of that shock response. So I can't say enough about Rescue Remedy. I've used it for many years in so many different situations, in traumatic situations, in real tough life situations, and it has come through um, in helping many different people. I've used it in sports games when kids have gotten seriously injured, and it's really helped them to be able to kind of come back to center and 
not go into shock, you know, and help them sort of reground so that they can deal with the injury instead of the shock around it. So rescue remedy. And the other things I want to mention too, that I forgot to mention supplements are passion, passion flower and valerian root. Also great calming. Um, Okay. Next one, social support and connection relationships. Yes. Studies do show we are social beings. We do need each other. Spending time with people you care about is really critical and a really great way to help decrease stress and anxiety. So just think about that. It's a really simple thing to do and make the time and reconnect. Reconnect in that social relationship with yourself, reconnect to self, and reconnect to others. Another important thing along there, and this is one of my little favorite things, hugs. Did you know that if you hug somebody for eight seconds, it releases oxytocin? Unless, of course, you have some kind of fear of, some people do it. This is why I mention it. Some people do have anxiety around touching other people. If that is the situation, then obviously it's not going to be something relaxing for you. But it's been shown, we, we obviously, we need social contact. And when you have social contact, you can actually release oxytocin, which is our natural hormone that actually takes place during milk letdown when someone's breastfeeding. And it's a relaxation response from the body. And I can tell you, it's, I remember, I still remember it from the days when I was breastfeeding my kids. It's a, it's a very strong relaxation response and it's a very primal, important part of being human to feel connection to another and the physiological response that comes along with that, which in this case is oxytocin release. A very simple way. Other things, massage. You can massage yourself or you can um, get a massage as a way to reduce stress and anxiety. And number 15 is connecting to the present. Being in the present moment is so important because when you're living in the future, you know, that's where anxiety sets in when you're not in the present moment and you're constantly worrying about what might happen, what could, might, should, etc. That's when we find ourselves getting amped up and potentially anxious and, or we're living in the past. That's not where we want to be. We don't need to be in the past or the future. We need to be in this present moment, monitoring our thoughts. Yes, but really being present in our bodies, centered and connected grateful for the moment and fully present in it. And to learn more about that, I would suggest going to the episode on embodiment practices with Sandy D. Dixon. I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but if you look it up, um, it was one of the earlier episodes and Sandy does a great job talking about how to stay present in the moment and be in your body. And on the website, on my website, drkimberlyann.com. I know for a fact that in the extended show notes, there are some practices of how to connect to the present. And we're getting down to the end. Last one. We don't want to forget our plant friends. Gardening. Once again, you're out in the earth, getting all the ionic benefits we talked about before. And if you say, I live in an apartment, I live somewhere where I can't garden. Well, 
there are people that will tell you, you can garden anywhere. And I do believe that, um, as well. Although I am not, I'm honest, going to be honest here, not practicing what I preach. I keep saying I'm going to garden, but I haven't done it yet. So, but what I do also believe in the power of that gardening, but also houseplants, because there are benefits to having houseplants and they have shown in nursing homes, believe it or not, having a houseplant, having something to take care of, but also plants do have an impact on the air quality, et cetera. It does impact people's moods for the better. So the last one is really gardening in whatever way works for you, outside, inside. And if you can't garden because it just feels like too much, houseplants, they'll work as well. Okay, so that's our 16 ways for natural ways to relieve stress and anxiety. My prayer, my hope, my wish with all of this is that any of these things, any of these 16 ways makes an impact in your day in some way. If you can find something that makes your day a little more enjoyable, a little more full of love, a little more gratitude, a little more peace, and decreases the pieces that are not serving you well, then that is truly wonderful. So we're going to head on over to the Sparks of Wisdom. See you there. Sparks of Wisdom. Oh, 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 oh. Sparks of Wisdom. Oh, 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 oh. Sparks of wisdom. So for today, my sparks of wisdom are try something, anything, try something to help better your health and well-being. Pick anything, even if it's not from the list of 16 I just gave you, but pick something and try it. Experiment with ways to enhance your well-being, to decrease your anxiety, and increase and enhance your mood. And the other spark of wisdom, have fun with it. Have fun with it. Have fun with it. Have fun trying different things. Be silly. Dance around. Make funny sounds when you do your ha breath. Don't take yourself too seriously because life's meant to be fun. We're here to experience joy. So while you're trying something different, may as well make it fun. I've been talking about simple and effective strategies for stress and anxiety. I do also want to mention that there are times in people's lives where you may need to reach out and get outside professional help. And if that's the case, don't hesitate to do that because it can be very useful. So if you're not sure where to start, you can go to your primary care physician. Otherwise you can reach out for a psychologist a psychiatrist or any other kind of mental health clinician and see if that support is what you're needing at this point in time. As far as the podcast, I always appreciate ratings and reviews. It really helps me know what you're liking and what you're not. If you have questions or comments, please do reach out through email and contact me. Always looking for feedback. It's very helpful. As always, be you be love and be present.